Good morning and greetings in Christ's name to each one here this morning. It's a blessing to be here. It's been a blessing to look into um, our Sunday school lessons through the book of Ruth and just want to um, yeah, just thank our teachers for putting forth the effort you have put forth into these Sunday school lessons. And uh, as we were, were um, looking into the lesson, um, actually I, I didn't look at the lesson before, maybe last evening or this morning, but just uh, there the kinsman redeemer, that kinsman thought, um, relationships, family relationships, and um, just thought how it fits along with my message here this morning um, to a degree. But as I was um, thinking towards a message for this week, here, uh, I don't know, a week or so ago, or a couple weeks ago probably, but um, Matt kind of shared, well, he wasn't really planning to have a Thanksgiving message as such, so he thought, um, just left it open, that if I wanted to, I, I could. And then I realized that we were having a Thanksgiving message Sunday evening, and I, I thought maybe one Thanksgiving message was enough. But nonetheless, um, my message this morning is, I guess, born um, somewhat out of um, the Thanksgiving season. So this past week, I decided, I don't know when for sure, but decided I was going to, to um, just make a list of things that God has blessed me with, that I'm thankful for. And I began that Monday morning and uh, did that for, it was probably two or three days I did that, probably not, not quite as long as I was planning to, uh, but did get some things written down. And one of those things I wrote down was a godly heritage. I'm thankful for a godly heritage. And as we are in the holiday season here, what we call the holiday season, I guess, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and those times, it's a, a common time for family gatherings or family reunions. Maybe it's um, going home to Grandpa's house, or um, maybe it's extended a little further than that. Uh, we get together, we enjoy good times as family. And I trust that we realize or try to realize the blessing of family, the blessing of godly teaching that we have received and that our children are receiving. And so I'm, I've entitled my message this morning, A Goodly Heritage, taken from Psalm chapter 16. And that's uh, the passage we want to look at for our, our message here this morning. And as I considered the word heritage, I looked at uh, Webster's Dictionary. And one of the definitions there was something possessed 
as a result of one's natural situation or birth. Something possessed as a result of one's natural situation or birth. Something that has been given to us, or maybe has been passed down to us. And just in, in looking at, um, through scripture, or through the passage here, some too, it also uses the word inheritance in the one verse. And I may use this somewhat interchangeably throughout. But I believe that we all here today have things that have been passed down to us that we have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm not talking about the gift that Grandpa left with you before he passed on, or maybe for the men, um, the trade that your father taught you, or the check he left you, or whatever it may be. Um, I think of of inheritance here, I think of, uh, for my dad, um, his, his mother passed on um, quite some years ago, and he and his three siblings were given the farm, which was mostly land, not much, uh, nothing usable for buildings, but the farm where they had spent at least some of their growing up years. That was um, at least a part of the inheritance. At the time, uh, I believe my grandfather was still living. And it was uh, not a very fortunate situation. Uh, my grandparents had been separated for a number of years. Um, which I think they did make some restitution there before my grandmother passed on. But nonetheless, as I think of what was passed on there to my dad, to his brother, and to his two sisters, I think they would have gladly given that up for a supportive father in the home. There was something there that they missed that I guess you could say it was not a part of their heritage. Some things that we have that have been, could you say passed down or taught to us that I think that, that are a real blessing and um, I'll mention a good work ethic, which um, um, I, I do believe that that is a blessing. Uh, maybe sometimes, as we've heard here recently, maybe we tend to overdo that in our, in our culture. But I do believe it's a blessing to, to have been taught to work. But things like honesty, things like caring for our own, maybe it's within family, or within the church, caring for one another. Modesty and simplicity. Going to church on Sunday, 
been something that's passed down to us. And I may have mentioned this before, but I remember a brother here sharing that when the church doors were open, growing up, it wasn't a question of whether they'd be going to church or not. It was expected. If the church doors are open, we go to church. And that is, is something, a blessing, I think we can pass on to our children. Respect for the elderly, reverence for God. I trust these are things that, as we've been taught, that we, uh, we value them and are passing them along as well. How thankful are we this morning for a goodly or for a godly heritage? And I don't know the home situations that many of you grew up in. Maybe there have been some hard things, some hard memories that you have from imperfect homes. And I don't want to just gloss those things over, that, that there can be those things. But by the grace of God, we can forgive those things, we can move on from those things, and we can still take those positive things, those godly things that we have been taught, even if not everything was perfect and what it should have been. But we can be thankful for those things. A question that I ask for myself is, if I would not have a godly heritage, where would I be? That's a question I, I really can't answer this morning uh, because I, I don't know what it's like to be on that side. I'm thankful that I can't answer that question. And yet there are many who do not have a godly heritage. Some do make godly choices. Many do not. The psalm here that we're looking at, Psalm chapter 16, um, possibly in your Bibles, just by way of interest here, uh, before the first verse there, in my Bible it says, Miktam of David, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word correctly, but that simply, um, I think we could translate that to be the golden psalm. So I'd like to go down through here, uh, pretty much verse by verse, and, and also before beginning, I would make mentioned that this psalm seems to be a reference to Christ while he was here on this earth, and um, Peter would have referred to that psalm in Acts chapter 2 in the message that he shared there, uh, referring to Psalm 16 and, um, and referencing that to Christ, and I, I do want to weave some of that in, bring some of that in but also apply it to um, our own lives. And then um, verses 5 and 6 there would be the verses that I, um, I guess stand out to me uh, the most as I think of the message here this morning. Verse 1 says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. And as we relate this psalm to Christ, and his work here on earth, thinking of Christ coming to God for preservation, for God's keeping. 
Think of the temptations that he faced in the wilderness, and he needed the strength of God through that time. And I think, too, of his, his coming to the cross, to his death, and how his flesh did not want to face that. Yet he wanted to be in his Father's will. And because of that desire and that commitment to being in the Father's will, he did have the keeping. He had the strength of God. And we understand, too, that we all here very much need the preservation of God within our lives as we face the temptations the challenges of this life. We need preservation from, from the devil and from his tactics and also preservation from our own flesh. And my mind went to uh, Job when I believe the devil was, was back and forth with God on, on Job. And Satan recognized that God had placed a hedge around Job, that his protection was on Job. And what a blessing as we are the children of God that he places a hedge around us as his children. Going to the next two verses, verses 2 and 3. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. There's that one phrase there that uh, may be a little difficult to understand. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but a, a couple of um, variations with that uh, from different manuscripts and also um, that I see here in my, my Thompson Chain Reference Bible, the, the RV says, I have no good beyond thee. So, speaking of I myself, I have no good beyond what God has given to me. Or my good is from thee. Or another one here, Um, you do not need my good works. That's from another manuscript. You, Lord, do not need my good or my good works. And just kind of bringing this um, into an explanation here. Um, God does not need our good works. God is still God. God is still good without my good works. That's not to say that God does not desire my good works. But as we take verse 3 with this, my goodness extendeth not to thee. God does not need my good works, but rather we receive good from God, which we then extend to our fellow men. Could we say the blessings of God are given to us 
and we extend them to those around us. As I consider extending God's good gifts to those around me, I, I consider that I probably don't extend them as much as I should, as much as I could. And then my mind went to Psalm 68:19, where it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. God grants to us so many good gifts, so much so that we are not capable of keeping up with him, of extending them to those around us. And that is what Christ was doing here on this earth. He was extending the goodness of God to us as mankind. As I consider what, what Christ did for us, how he has given to us so much good, then I, I see the, the words there, two words in reference. Um, as we consider this passage, this verse 3 here, uh, referencing to Christ, um, e extending his goodness to the saints that are in the earth, to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Those two words there, referring to God's people, excellent and my delight. What about me? As I extend God's gifts to those around me, do I view those that I extend the gifts to as excellent and as my delight? That was a challenge for me to think of that. Um, I trust that I, I, I do, I want to have a high view of those um, around me who God has blessed me with. But then just to bring in those two, just um, just kind of lifts it to a new level of thinking excellent and my delight. And um, that is my desire to, to always view each one of you and um, whoever God has placed into my life with such a high view. Going to verse 4, and I don't have a lot to say on that verse. It says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names to my lips. Uh, but just uh, points out there the misery of those who choose another God. And I know Brother Matt talked some, a uh, little bit about idols, or yeah, some about idols last Sunday, and mentioned possibly going further on that subject. Um, not, not holding him to that, but um, I think I'll not say a lot more there. Except for the fact, would we trade our glorious inheritance in Christ for another God? And that's what it is. If we choose another God to place above our almighty God in Christ, we are trading our inheritance in Christ for something, well, for another inheritance that we do not want. 
Now verses 5 and 6. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The words in verse 5 there, the word lot, and the phrase in verse 6, the lines have fallen in pleasant places. That's possibly or likely referring to the Israelites going into the land of Canaan, of conquering the land, and when the land was conquered, the land was then divided out by lot to, to the various tribes. And you know, the, the different people, they simply inherited the land. Yes, there was work to be done, but they inherited the land because of the family that they were from. Uh, someone who was of the tribe of Benjamin was included in the land that was divided out to the tribe of Benjamin. Someone from the tribe of Judah. The land they were um, were given was because they were of the tribe of Judah and so on through all the tribes. Verse 5 says that the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my, cu and of my cup. And just referencing this verse again to Christ. You know, Christ, as he came to claim his heritage through his work on the cross, he had his eyes fixed on God. He was doing, he came to do what he was called to do as the Son of God, called by his Father to do. And that goodly heritage of Christ, we understand to be the church, which is um, his bride, which was bought with his blood. And some, some reference in the New Testament here from Ephesians 5 um, showed just the extremely high value of the church to Christ. Uh, Ephesians 5.25 says that Christ gave himself for the church. To give yourself for something, you give yourself for something that is valuable to you not something that is not valuable to you. And Christ gave himself for mankind, for the church, for his people, for his inheritance. As I consider the inheritance of Christ, the church, I think of the glorious position that Christ will hold throughout eternity. Yes, that he holds now, but um, as, as we just ponder, as we picture the bride of Christ surrounding Christ and just the eternal glory and praise that will be lifted up to him.
as uh, we consider our good her goodly heritage, as God's children, we receive a heritage into his kingdom and the blessings that go along with that. We consider here on earth uh, the blessing to, to be known of God, to be led by God. Um, we'll look a little later here at, uh, in another verse, the counsel and instruction of the Lord. Um, just a blessing to be able to experience that as a part of God's heritage. We enjoy the peace and the joy, the harmony with God and with his people here on this earth. And most certainly we look um, to eternity and just the blessing of always looking to the glorious God and his son Jesus throughout eternity. You know, we look back to our earthly heritage. Um, and I mentioned earlier some points there, um, things like um, honesty that our parents have, have worked to teach us and that I trust that we are endeavoring to teach to those that we are responsible for. Um, things like love for one another and, and just the list goes on. But the value of that heritage that we receive from our parents is, is understood as we take the heritage of Christ, as we claim Christ for ourselves. We find the value of what these godly principles are that have been taught to us throughout our, our years. You know, people can leave the heritage that has been given to them. And um, probably many of us have seen that from, from our homes of um, uh, maybe our siblings or um, other relatives or other friends who have left what has been, been taught to them. And even so, um, yes, a person can leave that spiritual heritage um, in Christ. And I ponder how that must feel to God when someone leaves the heritage that he has <coughs> offered to them. And maybe we could think of it on, uh, on an earthly level here as humans. If, if someone was offered an inheritance, um, a, a gift from, from their parents or whatever it is when they pass on, but they would turn that away. What a, a um, could you say a slam? How that must feel to the parents and how must it feel to God when one turns away from the, the blessings, the gifts uh, for time and eternity that God offers to them. Just passing uh, fairly quickly through the remainder of the verses here. Verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. And just there it is. Um, 
counsel and instruction that we receive from the Lord, a part of that heritage, that blessing that we receive. And just relating this to Christ as well, as he was on this earth, he was not just doing his own thing, but he was relating to his Father. He was receiving the direction from the Father. And how blessed, how privileged we are not to have to just do it alone, do it in our own wisdom, our own strength here in this life, but that God is ready to lead, willing to lead, just really desires to lead in our lives as we um, seek to live for him. Verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord always before me. We can relate that to Christ who knew the Father's plan and who kept that before him in his life here on this earth. As I, There's three words in there. It says, I have set. I have set the Lord always before me. And that I have set indicates a conscious choice. <clears throat> God is not simply going to force himself upon us. God does place himself he, he, he reveals himself to us. He shows himself to mankind. But it is up to you and I to set the Lord always before us. To have God as our main vision, our main goal. How easy it is to set something else before us. You could think back to verse 4 about um, hastening after another God, putting something else in front of us other than God. So easy to do. We can put that famous dollar before us. Uh, maybe as men, um, a challenge that we have to work on. Um, as we may tend to to uh, spend more time than necessary uh, on the job uh, to make more money than what we really need. Um, I'll, I'll just bring it up for what it's worth here. Um, we're, we know this as the Thanksgiving season, but I think um, probably many of us also recognize it's the hunting season. and. Um, just the challenge that that can be to keep it in its proper perspective. Um, not to place those things um, so much in front of us, to, but, but to keep God Almighty as our focus. And that is what we live for, who we live for. It says, he is at my right hand. And that would indicate to sustain us, to uphold us. Um, I think it's interesting here that he mentions first, I have set the Lord before me. 
And as we set the Lord before us, he will be at our right hand to support us and uphold us. Take the last um, three verses here now, verses 9 through 11. It says, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And just looking at these last three verses here, I um, kind of separated verses 9 and 11 from verse 10. Uh, verse 10 there, thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. And that uh, would have been one of the verses that Peter referred to in Acts chapter 2 as he was preaching that, that message on the day of Pentecost, referring to Christ and his resurrection. God did not leave Christ in, it says there in hell, in, um, not a Hebrew scholar, but I think Sheol would be the name, uh, the, the word there for, for hell, which um, I believe is, is simply speaking of the place of the dead, that God did not leave Christ in the grave, but rather he has rose again. And that resurrection speaks to the resurrection of the saints, that we all look forward to a resurrection, even as Christ himself was raised. And as God's people, we do experience a part of that inheritance on earth, a part of his inheritance on earth, as we talked of there. But the climax of that heritage will be experienced as we pass into the heavenlies in our resurrection um, into um, God's, God's um, heavenly, eternal kingdom. And then verses 9 and 11, just some words there. My heart is glad. My glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Um, verse 11, the path of life, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. As we face this life, the path is not always pleasant, not always easy. We face difficulty. We face hardship. But as we follow the path of God, it does bring many blessings. And to anyone uh, here as, as God's people, I believe we understand that, that there is blessing in the Christian life. And we look beyond the hardships, the things that we face here on this earth, to our glorious heritage. And we find joy through all of that. Just a little bit more here. I'm considering heritage. 
a goodly heritage. God designed the family, uh, designed it with parents, parents take responsibility for their children, and a big part of that is to leave a godly heritage with the children. And I'm, I'm so thankful for what my parents have done. Our home was not a, a perfect home. Uh, my wife's home was not a perfect home either. And uh, there are things that, as we have our own home, that we have um, desired to be different. Um, I'm not running either one of our homes down. I do still want to say we both grew up in good homes. And I'm thankful, we're thankful, for what our parents have done for us, even though they were not perfect. And, you know, I trust that we here today, as we recognize the imperfections of our homes, that we are not reacting to those things and getting in the other ditch. <coughs> but to those of us here who have children in our homes, we have a responsibility to raise them in the ways of God, in the fear of God. We can't make the choices for them to choose for God. That's a choice that they will have to make ultimately for themselves but you know we can guide them in the ways of truth the ways that are right and I believe it is our responsibility not simply to let them find out for themselves but that we help them that we guide them to understand the ways that are right and the ways that are wrong and that we can hopefully help to save them from some hardships that they may need to face if we just simply leave them to figure things out on their own. So I just want to challenge that each one of us, fathers and mothers, that we um, take our responsibility in leaving a goodly heritage, in leaving a good solid platform that our children can stand on, and that as they make their choices to serve for Christ, as we pray for that, that, um, that they wouldn't have to start. Yes, they do have to start. Um, but they, they wouldn't be left with a lot of regrets that otherwise may need to be there. I just want to close with, I'm not even going to read the whole verses of some of them, if any of them, but some verses that speak of our heritage and what we look forward to in the end and could we say the climax of our heritage in Christ. Revelation 3.21 says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now think about that a little bit. Christ. You know, we, we think of, of the the glory of being with Christ throughout eternity. 
but to sit with him in his throne. Um, that's, that's a little hard for me to exactly imagine that, how that must be, to, to be, well, he, he called the church excellent and his delight and um, just Christ desiring us to be right with him. First Peter talks about being begotten to an inheritance incorruptible, an inheritance that's perfect, that will not fade away, that will not deteriorate. And First Timothy, Second Timothy four, verse eight talks about fighting the good fight of faith, and at the end it says, "There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness." And I trust that each one of us is looking forward to being with Christ throughout eternity, of laying claim to that heritage of the redeemed.